mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Hey, welcome to episode 312, 312 of this whole place like Tara Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And today we're watching SG Atlantis. Yes. Season 5. Yes. Episode 15. Yep. Remnants. Yeah. AKA. Uh huh. I have to sing this. Okay, good. Where is my mind? <laughs> Because I immediately went, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to give myself credit and a pat on the back. I was yes. like, I think they're hallucinating. Uh-huh. I think this is Fight Club. They, I think they are Tyler Durden. They definitely had some good, did you pick that up moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like, once I knew they were Tyler Durden, all yeah. I could think of was that final scene in the film version of Fight Club where everything gets blowed up and then where is my mind place so that's what it is I've, please tell me you've never watched that fucking movie i've I seen see it in your face i've seen it once okay i may have been real real sleepy at the time oh. because when i watched it was right after we moved here to florida sure. and we hadn't moved in to a house Got yet it. so we were at the extended stay i remember that life uh-huh and we and- all we all dealt with our own version of that purgatory <laughs> some of us longer than others yeah it, it felt like forever yeah um i think it felt more like forever for uh husband well at the time boyfriend's Nick. Oh, because he wasn't at work during the days. Because he didn't have a job. He was looking yeah. for a job. Yeah, I remember that. And so we just sat on the bed watching Chuck, which is actually why I love the series Chuck, but I can't rewatch it. Right, because it's got that specific Be- Yeah. And so I remember sitting on the tiniest love scene in the world, and we watched Fight Club because we had Nick's, like, case of movies. Nice. Like, the, the flip binder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we watched Fight Club because I'd never seen it. And so I I know I did not fall asleep. Yeah. But I can't say how 100% I was it's, paying it's, attention. It requires focus. I'm trying to think. Um, it was very cool when it came out and it was like very cool looking. I couldn't tell you if it's a good film or not, but it's very cool. So here's what I'll say. Also Meatloaf. I feel I do love Meatloaf. Uh-huh. I do absolutely love Meatloaf. Um, I will say this. My AKA is I see fake people. Nice. And I feel like Fight Club is along the lines of Sixth Sense. Similar twist. In that I knew the twist. Spoilers, by the way, of these movies from the late <laughs> 90s. 90s, early aughts. I yeah. feel like both of the... It's, it's the same thing. If you know the twist going into the film, you're like... It, the film... I don't want to say loses something. Okay. But some of the the magic is gone. Yeah. And obviously I knew the basic plot line of Fight Club. Yeah. I before I, I saw it. I loved the movie aesthetically when I first saw it and that's really more that's as far as I can say as deep yeah. as I got into it. And then I think I watched it again after reading the book for a class where we read God, I'm realizing how dark this class was. <laughs> Because we read Fight Club mm-hmm. and we read The Bell Jar and we read Kurt Cobain's um, uh, journal. Yeah. And we read your, I think you're probably sensing a theme here. 
we read Girl Interrupted. Oh, it was yeah. a lot of like That's a lot of heavy shit. And and we did like deep dives into each book. I do have Kurt Cobain's journal somewhere on this bookshelf. I think I borrowed yours for yeah. this class you know because what? I couldn't find a copy. That sounds about right. Yeah. So it may be on your bookshelf still. It might be. It might be on mine or yours. Those shared bookshelves. But anyway, that's just, we've only gotten to the AKA. Okay. <laughs> I will also say I did want to point out that the episode number is 312 and 12 was a key point in translating the alien laptop language. The answer to all of the world's questions is is sometimes 42 minus 30. Yep. Look at me in my fast math. Look at that fast math. (laughs) That's reverse math. Yeah. How was how was your couple weeks? Um, So actually, you when you were saying about, you know, you had a class with with films and stuff in there that actually inspired reminded me of one thing I did watch these past couple weeks uh-huh. that reminded me then of a high school class that I was in. Nice. I watched. I oh, I think it's called The Last Movie Stars. Oh, it's a documentary on HBO that. Um, hold up, let me make sure I have that right. Pause, please. The Last Movie Stars. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk about... What else did I read in that class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's we called... also read One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Sounds oh, right. I have. I don't think I... I don't remember if I... If I read oh, it, I didn't take anything in. It's so good. So it is called The Last Movie Stars. It's an HBO documentary that just came out, and it recounts Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward's like life and career and marriage. Oh, cool. And it was actually really cool. It's like Ethan Hawke, who, who like is the... not. He's not a narrator... But he did a cool thing. He's the one who put it together. Okay. And he gets like, it, there was all these interviews that happened for this possible like autobiography or something. Okay. Or biography. Sure. And so, there so was, he was the researcher. Kind of. Yeah. Those beeps are me. Anyone at home listening on on headphones, <laughs> the, the, those two beeps that happen not too far from each other is <laughs> not, not you. your house. They're me. Well, the so anyways, there was all of these audio recordings and at one point paul newman burned them all oh but recently it was discovered that they were all transcribed and so he has these boxes of these interviews and what he did is because he knows a bunch of famous people yeah he got his friends to to read the transcripts and so the guy who the guy the person (laughs) who reads all of paul newman's lines is george clooney Oh, cool. But it's that kind of stuff. And they have videos and stuff. And it just, it remind, I had this class in senior year when I gave up trying to do the fancy honor scholarship and just had fun classes. Mm-hmm. That was like history of American cinema or something like that. That's a good, that's a, those are always fun. But it's, I didn't think about the fact till now that I think the teacher just had a crush on Paul Newman because <laughs> I realized as we watched this that we like watched four Paul Newman films. <sighs> It was just a chance to watch Paul Newman. It was. I mean, can you blame them? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm more of a Robert Redford fan. I was always a Steve McQueen girl. That doesn't surprise me. But I feel like me. that, yeah, that's not... That doesn't not, surprise me. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Surprises, nobody. It was yeah. actually, it was just a really cool documentary. Um, I'll have to check it out. Where, where was it on? It's on HBO. It's like, okay. it's actually like six parts, but it went by real fast. Okay. 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 It went by real, real fast. Got it. Um, And it's just this interesting journey in like how Paul and Joanne's career 
trajectories went. Okay. And like the Joanne Woodward was very open and honest with the fact that she's like, yeah, having kids fucked my career and I absolutely love them. But if I had to go back and change it, I may not have had kids. It's such an it's such an important conversation to be able to have. Exactly. Without judgment. Yeah. I guess is the best way. We were just talking about this at work uh, with one of our coworkers. I don't know if you were there or not, because it was the back corner kids, if you know who I'm talking about. Yes, I was not there at the <laughs> time, story. but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> there was a couple of us back corner kids yeah. that kind of just will have weird conversations. And she, uh, uh, this coworker, she had a child early. She's like, look. Having kids is fucking hard. Yeah. And I go back and think about it and I'm like, I don't know how I made it out of that. I don't know that I'd do it again. Yeah. And people need to talk about that part. Yeah. It is not all shine and wonderful. No. It's great. But sometimes your kids are fucking difficult. Exactly. And and I think those are important, honest conversations. It doesn't mean you don't want them no. or you hate them. No. It's just it's OK to admit that yeah. it is difficult raising children. And especially, I mean... I I would think and hope that here in 2022, we are a much different culture. But, you know, when Joanne Woodward had kids, yeah. Paul Newman was not going to be staying at home right. to raise them. Yeah. What a world. So it anyways, it's a it's a really interesting documentary. There's some great it's interesting because they tell most of the stories like through their films. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was a fantastic series to have while like. I worked on other stuff. That's yeah. not, and that's only because me and I have a hard time like focusing doing one thing on, at a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel it. That I still, I still will fully admit, I have only watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid <laughs> once. I watched Cool Hand Luke once. I have no need to. I would watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid again. Okay. Again, Robert Redford fan as well. I have no need to ever watch Cool Hand Luke ever again. I to me, those are sick day movies. Cool Hand Luke is not my style of film. That's fair. I have no need, like even of that era, like I don't need to. I don't. I don't need to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I love that. Like, I, I was just talking about the book. I to me, those are sick day films. Yeah. There, there's a there's this thing about certain films that aren't action or that aren't comedies yeah. specifically or or that aren't built in this new style of cinema where you can you have to be a little bit more engaged to get it yes and i need that i've learned because yeah. otherwise it just feels flat we talked about this i have to i like feeling like i've got to do a little bit of work to stay yes. engaged and i think because i always multi almost am always yes. multitasking yeah. I'm like, I kind of can't. Um, I will say, if I'm going to watch something from that era, give me every musical you could possibly give me oh, see, in I life. But it. that's also because I am a song and dance person. I just, but to, again, to me, I mean, I love singing in the rain. Yeah. Um, I'll watch that or I'll watch I Funny Face just because I like Audrey Hepburn. I love Anchors Away. Anchors Away is fun. Um, but I, I give me the Philadelphia story. Yeah. Mm. Oh, give me some, give me a transatlantic accent and some quick talking <laughs> malls and I am here for it. Yeah. yeah. I think, again, I think that's just because I, it, it happens in almost all of my books and a lot of my media. If it's based too much in reality, I'm 
I lose interest because I'm like, but I live here. I don't want to uh, see my media here. You know, I think of these the way we watch West Wing. It's an idealized world. West Wing is one of the few, like... Because that's not hearing, reality. It's yeah, not. But it, yeah. But I think... That's one of those few sort of here and now series that yeah. I will rewatch the shit out of the show <laughs> so many times. Yeah. To me, it's like, what if everything were a little bit shinier, a little bit smarter? Everyone yeah. did always have the right line to say. That's what those movies But then I wouldn't be special. Oh, yeah. Does I mean, that mean I'm smartier and, and quicker and wittier we if all I lived are. in the world? That's the thing is we all are. So it becomes this like... This place where every conversation because, is satisfying. Listen, if I could fucking be CJ Craig, yeah, I would be CJ Craig. Well, you would be any day. I yeah. would be. That, see, and I think that's my thing is like I just assume I would fit into this world because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, please. I have been so bored with everyone I run into in the grocery the store. The problem is, is that I don't know if I'd be CJ Craig or Josh Lyman. <laughs> <laughs> I can see. Um, I can see, I actually see, what's it? Oh, I just lost his Donner? name. No. no, I just lost his name. Richard Schiff's character. Oh, oh, yeah, Toby. I think you're a Toby. I might be a Toby. I think you're like, I don't want to ever, people. <laughs> I'm going to throw a ball but, against a wall repeatedly. <laughs> but Nixie, we need your brain. Fine. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Are you saying it? I mean, let's Actually, be honest, that he's the McKay of the world. Well, and because he's also you, and I know this because he's also my husband. Yeah. And you guys are very similar. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, we're here to talk about Stargate. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. November 14th, 2008. <laughs> no. Yes. It's written by Joe and Paul, directed by William Waring. Welcome back, Robert to be as not quite Colia. Uh, and don't forget Anna Galvin's face as Vanessa. Oh. You will see her again in universe. Vanessa. Vanessa. Also, he only has two hot second scenes here, but shout out to Jonathan Young as Dr. Parrish. We saw him earlier in a very early episode, okay. but it makes me really want to watch Sanctuary again because he plays a vampiric Nikola Tesla in Sanctuary. I'm okay with that. This I keep trying to get you to watch Sanctuary. I know. I think, listen, I don't know if we're going to record it, but I need you to watch Sanctuary when we're done with Stargate. I mean, we're getting towards the end. We're getting into Stargate's Twilight years, so we're going to need something after because, the universe. Because, like, Henry Foss, vampiric Nikola Tesla, and, like, Amanda Tapping with a British accent. I love this. There's, like, a Cthulhu creature later on. I love I mean, this for us. I love this for us. Let's do it. I yeah. mean, I'm saying it right now, live on the pod. <laughs> Episode 312. <laughs> I will watch Sanctuary. When asked again, she may not admit she ever said it. <laughs> I have the worst memory in the whole of the world. So we Facts. start on a beautiful terrace dining spot. I mean, I can I get love used this to sunset dining, dining. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would eat there every day. Yeah. Um, it's very cruise ship like. It's very. See, I've been yeah. on a cruise ship now, I so I can say that. I know. <laughs> uh, it makes me also really miss, like, like the the cafeteria from the dorm rooms and we would okay. all like go eat together there's a little bit of communal dining part i miss yeah i to a me i think of, i think of summer camp because i was yeah. because my college career was a little bit non-standard yes but summer camps all the summer camps i went to because i was a smarty pants kid were at universities yeah so, so you got the same effect so it's just at a different age yeah i all my summer <laughs> the two of my summer camps were at stanford <laughs> I guess that is weird. I okay. went to dance dance camp, ride a bike there every day. That's kind of cool. 
Um, so McKay comes to join Taylor and Ronan for breakfast. Um, and Taylor is recounting to the guys that she's a bit worried for Woolsey. That he's a real loner. He never takes part in social events and always eats in his room or office. And seriously, seriously, I want to know. I want the Google calendar that is Atlantis's social calendar. I, I love... Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I love this Taylor. This Taylor. Uh, I, I've been this Taylor. Yeah. Or my husband's like, do not meddle. <laughs> do not meddle. You're like, stop playing matchmaker. But. And I'm like, but wouldn't they be a good couple, though? <laughs> wouldn't they, though? And he's like, not nah. your business. Not your business. However, if we just get them to show up at the same time to the same place. That's what he said. He goes, you're allowed to invite them to the same place. I mean, listen, that is how I met a husband, Nick. I'm telling you. same shit. Mm-hmm. That same shit. It's like, you also cannot invite them and let them have them be the only two single people. It's like, oh, well, that's not fair. Well, we weren't the only two single people. Good. Okay. But we were very specifically, was not admitted to until years later. We were very specifically invited both invited. For each other. Yes. Also, I am really, really sorry if on the mic you can hear Kaylee licking my leg. Yeah. She's on drugs, y'all. <laughs> she loves it. I'm so sorry. Kaylee is, uh, yeah. yeah. She's high. She's a little high. Um, so McKay figures Woolsey's busy. It's no big deal. I mean, again, while I said there's times I miss Kimberly eating, there's sometimes where eating with people is the last thing I fucking want to do. Yeah. Ronan adds that sometimes he walks by Woolsey's quarters at night and can <laughs> hear this. him crying. I love this so and McKay much. McKay buys it. He's like, no. Uh, no, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor uh, invites Woolsey to sit with them, giving Ronan another mother stare that she's been perfecting uh, mm-hmm. for when for when her kid gets older um, oh, yeah. to get his feet off the chair. But no, he's actually going to take, he's going to take breakfast on the veranda oh, boy. In, of his room because he's preparing for his evaluation. You know what Woolsey loves? Downton Abbey. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's getting his evaluation from the Iowa soon, regardless of how anyone in Atlantis thinks he's doing. It's the Iowa. No mm-hmm. review goes well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he heads off. And McKay's like, where's John? Right. Um, he actually apparently flew a couple astrobiologists to the mainland and volunteered to stay with them overnight. And McKay's like, why the fuck would he do that? Mm. And McKay and Ronan is like, eyebrow. McKay doesn't get it. Yeah. He was what he 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 did not bring his own sleeping bag, wink wink. <laughs> McKay doesn't Ronan gestures with his McKay dense does does not what <laughs> they fucking <laughs> so john is just grinning and nodding at the hot scientist in shorts and the tank top as uh-huh. she babbles on about plants yeah listen Which, rude john <laughs> a little bit rude but listen lady yes our son is also a g-type star this is nothing special mm. that has to do with the temperature okay g is like on the cooler side of average okay okay, okay. and no so arson's not even that hot? Not in the grand scheme of things, That's no. kind of cool. It's also not that big. Um, Bro, your son's not even that hot. No. Oof. Also, oh, no, no. Nothing that is green is going to absorb green light. That's literally how colors happen. Opposite. It has to bounce the green to our eyeballs or we're not going to see it. Otherwise, it would be a black. Plant. This lady sounds like she's trying to show off to a handsome guy with science. Yeah. 
And it sounds like a bad elementary school teacher. How much do you think John knows and he's just playing along? I don't... Probably that basic science, yes, like, he understands I think he's like, it. You're full of shit. I've been yeah. around McKay long enough. You're kind of dumb. Also, I went to high school <laughs> science classes. Biology, yeah. Yeah, like, that's... Yeah. Mm. Yikes. Also, color only exists in our brain, guys. Is my purple the same as your Listen, purple? that is a philosophical question that has literally kept me up at night. I, I know. <laughs> literally has kept me up at night. I love the concept. There's I no do. way to prove it. There's no way. Absolutely not. We can agree on consistency. Yes. Doesn't mean that we're seeing the same thing. Uh-uh. And it literally boggles my mind. Like, it legitimately has kept me up at night. Yeah. Thinking about this. <sighs> That's how my brain works, Perspectives. guys. Perspectives. Okay. okay. So thankfully someone calls out, oh my God, to save us from this torture oh, and yeah. my saltiness. <laughs> John rushes off, weapons up, ready to defend. But Dr. Parrish just found a plant that looks like a specific begonia on Earth that's been extinct and it's super awesome. Dude. Yeah. You're a nerd. So, I love it. Fantastic callback to the runner when he did the same thing to Lauren, yeah. which apparently Lauren warned John about this. That's right. And he's going to go back to the jumper and just set up camp. And obviously, hot scientist lady wants to stay here with the begonias. Yeah. Because, of course, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So Imagine yeah. losing out the girl to a begonia. <laughs> Sorry, John. I mean, it is a scarlet begonia. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he goes, he heads back. It can't be far to the jumper. And he hears something. It's a bit suspicious, but then it's knocked out by a stunner when he turns, which is fine. It's no big deal. It's fine. Yep. Nothing to worry about. Everything is good and um, awesome when you take out the bodyguard with a zapper. Credits. Yay. So when John comes to, he is tied up by the wrists and ankles. Mm-hmm. He does manage to sit up, go core strength, and thankfully is sitting essentially right next to a sharp rock. Yep. Spends it's always n- nice when they put the sharp rocks right next to you. Yep. <laughs> yep. So right around the same time, Woolsey is trying to juggle all his food and water and everything while pressing the elevator button. I have been here. Don't do it. No. Don't do it because you're going to lose your coffee. Don't worry, though. A hot Aussie doctor lady stops to help him. Yeah. Introduction to me. Neither one has met. It's mm-hmm. This is Dr. Vanessa Conrad. Mm-hmm. And I do like the acknowledgement that Woolsey picked one of the best rooms on Atlantis for himself. I'm... Do you blame him? No! The fact that it's empty is not his fault. Fuck yeah. Um, Do you think it was Weir's or Sam's? I want to say Weir's. It's Weir's. I don't think Sam... Sam would not pick the biggest fanciest She wouldn't place. care. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's like... It's like a cruise ship room. I'm staying here to sleep and to yeah. change clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's one of those people who's like, ah, I'm just going to grab a hostel. I don't plan to spend any time in the hotel room. Yeah, my, I live in my office. Yeah. If I could sleep, she probably slept in her office half yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas to me, going on a vacation, part of it is the fancy hotel room. Yeah. Because then you get to sleep in a fancy bed. Exactly. Yeah. So Vanessa just arrived on the Apollo and is taking some time to memorize, you know, her map of yep. the city. And listen, since, spoiler, she's playing him. Yeah. Um... She knows how to make the perfect meet cute. Of course she does. She knows just the right amount of interaction to sink her claws in. Quickly dials up the right location he has to go to. We see the flash of the transporter and poof, 
Woolsey spots here, and before he can tell her that she doesn't have to call him Mr. Woolsey, the door is already closed. I, I'm kind of glad that didn't work out in his favor, because call me Dick. So, here's... Okay, <laughs> listen. Here's what I can't figure out. Uh-huh. Was that him making a joke about his own name because he wasn't able to say Richard? Uh-huh. Or is he someone who genuinely goes by Dick? I think he goes by Dick. I, I think, think he's mature enough to go by Dick. I because he doesn't have the same mind of a twelve year old. That That's we what have. I'm saying. He's mature enough to go by Dick, and that may be a litmus test for him. Uh-huh. Where he's like, "Hello, my name is Richard. You can call me Dick, and if you don't giggle, yeah. you can probably be friends with him." It's like his, you know, I go by Nicole like yeah. at work most of the time, sure. but I go by Nick's or Nixie with everyone else. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing I feel with him. Like, his professional name is Richard. Well, and, and I feel like he's got this built-in way to, like, test people out. Yeah. Because I'd be like, okay, Dick. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I think I'd have to say it back at him. Yes. I'd, I'd have to at least say it back. Yes. I already struggle with nicknames. Yeah. I'm like, no, you get the nickname <laughs> I want to give you. Ew. That's how nicknames work. You don't get to nickname yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always been my problem. And for and the record, I did not name myself Nix. <laughs> for anyone says anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's always been like, I will decide what your nickname is. Thank you. I take this information and I throw it over there. Exactly. I substitute reality and replace it with my own. Yes. I'm going to yeet this suggestion all the way across the house. And speaking of this specific nickname... I know I've mentioned this to you before, Grace, but I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. <laughs> Speaking of the name Richard and the nickname Dick, I was going by Nick's in college. Yeah. And I had a friend who, much like you, when I will give you your nicknames. Yes. So quickly in the dorms, <laughs> Nick's turned to Nixon. Oh, boy. Next thing I know, she's yelling down the hall for Richard. Yes. That was me. That sounds right. And then very quickly, she is just yelling Dick down the hallway. That's time. That was me. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. Exciting. <laughs> was bad enough. You nicknamed me after Richard Nixon. Yeah, now you're just calling me Dick. Thanks. <laughs> I've only had one nickname ever given to me by a sports director at an old TV station who was like the classic old timey. Yeah. And I will never have another. The end. The end. <laughs> um. So John has freed himself. He realizes he has been stripped of all weapons. But mm -hmm. weirdly, his uh, shooter and captor aren't there. So mm -hmm. he's able to start escaping to the jumper. When he gets there, the whole place is tossed. The com yeah. controls have been destroyed. So that's great. It's not good. Back in Atlantis at McKay's lab, Zelenka comes in. Uh, McKay is momentarily curious as to why he's back so soon, because apparently he was the guest of honor at some diplomatic dinner on some other planet. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it ended early when three members of the off-world team had severe allergic reactions to something, and he's thinking it was little green berries with the purple specks in them, because when he ate them, like his tongue went on for a little bit after he ate it. Yeah, maybe don't. Maybe don't do that. How do you make the choices to decide these are safe for a banquet, random off-planet? Because other people eat them. Yeah. I guess I'm saying, like... What are you supposed to do? Is you there can, protocol? Are you going to bring your own food to, like, a fancy diplomatic banquet? No, no, no. I guess I just wonder, is there protocol? It's like, hey, when you nibble, nibble everything before yeah. you eat it. I mean, there's berries here on Earth that will numb your That's tongue. That's true. That will... I forget what they're called, but um, I saw um, the How to Drink guy 
he made a drink like was a concentrated version of them and it'll take your it'll numb your entire dingleberries they're they yes they weren't (laughs) but yes we'll go with that anyway McKay completely ignores him because FYI this conversation ended six seconds ago and I wish I was the someone who could use that line oh jeez I might be you are way more likely to be able to use that than me I I had this great moment and I might do this back at him one day. I was in a room. In fact, it might have been at you with my boss in a meeting and yeah. a couple other people. And he literally went, I'm sorry. I got excited and started thinking about something else. And I didn't hear anything you said <laughs> to somebody in the room. <laughs> and I'm waiting for an opportunity to do something like that back at him. This might be it. This, I think this might be it. By yeah. the way, this conversation ended like yeah, 10 seconds I was, ago. I'm, I'm already out the door. Yeah. Um, so Zelenka had thought on the way back from the planet that they should actually run a scan of the ocean floor around them. You know, there's been, they're new to the planet, there's been some weird temperature fluctuations around the city, and maybe there's something to learn from it. They yeah. go off world and explore shit all the time, but they never really investigate their it's own planet. It's a very solid point. It's a really good point. Super, yes. McKay Not has sus at all. None, zero, none, no cares or interest in this he which is, is crazy in itself isn't it a little bit that he doesn't um, care i think whatever he's working on is more entertaining to him in this moment that's fair uh, he doesn't care about anything that isn't his idea first duh yeah that makes sense um he's bored completely not taking zelenka seriously in an even ruder way than usual i would say mm-hmm. um john finds yes. a knife Quickly gives up on fixing shit in a half a second mm-hmm. and does notice some tracks outside and gets to tracking. Good times. Woolsey is practicing his welcome, which I totally get. Yeah. Gotta make sure it's smooth. He- he- hello, welcome to. No. Hi. No. Hey. Nope. Welcome. Yeah. Yep, there it is. I mean, you, you gotta do it sometimes. Yeah. I wanna know what the guards sitting there watching him it's do like, this thing. All right. I will also say this is a brilliant move to show that he does this, considering part of the catch late in this episode is people catching him seeming like he's talking to himself. That's true, because we do see that he does sometimes talk to himself. Exactly. Um, so Shen Zhao arrives, mm-hmm. calm, cool, collected, yep, and looking forward to getting the grand tour. Mm-hmm. John is still in pursuit. He's Back to where he was learning how color works. Yes. And here's something in the wood. But we cut away before we see what he sees. It's probably nothing. It's probably Probably nothing. It's fine. In the control room, Woolsey shows uh, Zhao around. And I apologize if I've been butchering her name. (laughs) Yeah. The city nerve center and tries to be all buddy-buddy with all the people there. Asking Amelia how the kickboxing is going. And then getting Chuck's name wrong. And he tries to cover it. It's like, oh, right. Chet works the late shift. <laughs> and they walk away. He's like, there's no fucking Chet. I appreciate that he doesn't do this to his face. Yeah. Because he, I appreciate Chuck in this moment. This is why sometimes <laughs> I think he's your brother. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, because he's like, no, you're dumb. But I don't need to make you feel dumb to your face. Exactly. I just need to know that you're dumb. I just need to tell someone so else that you're dumb. So I'm going to wait till you're gone and be like, no, that was stupid. <laughs> Respect. Yes. 
Uh, Zelenka follows McKay down the hallway. Really, it would only it would take almost no time to reconfigure the city sensors. McKay sees Zelenka's lips moving, but hears no sound. Yeah. And apparently something as relatively simple as using the city's sensors to scan the ocean around them, Zelenka needs authorization for. Or mm. does he? Would he actually need authorization for this? Or this is only because Zelenka can't, this Zelenka can't do it himself. I think that... Here's what I, I don't think that he needs authorization so much as if 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 Orzelenka was doing this and there was something else to be done and McKay didn't know yeah. that this was happening, then Zelenka could technically get in trouble. Oh no, I think Zelenka does the real Zelenka does this shit all the time yeah, without yeah, telling me. But it's more like if he got caught, then he could technically get him into trouble. Maybe. But not actually needs permission to do yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? I will say in the grand scheme of all three dupes in this episode, mm -hmm. this is the one that when you go back and look at it a second time is almost the most obvious. And yet when yeah. you're watching it the first time yeah. is the most subtle. It is very subtle. It, it's almost like it could go one of two ways. It's like, one, is this a hallucination? Or two, are they doing something really weird and interesting with their friendship in this episode? Well, it's it's one you know of those... I mean? It's one of those where I'm like, are they doing this... It, until the very end of the episode, you have just as much odds that Zelenka is also a hallucination, or they were... It was real, but they wanted us to think that this was a third hallucination. Like, if this was a more modern show, or not more modern, if this were a show done in a different era where relationships yeah. are thought of in a more progressive way, yeah. this would be like, is this the episode where we learn that they sort of like each other? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, in this instance, and when this was made, because it's a it's a male-male relationship, yeah. it's not one that crosses your mind. But I think in, in with our brains that we have now, like yeah. this is might be a ship episode. It could be, yeah. You know what I mean? So this is the Zelenka and McKay stuff in this episode is actually stuff I find most interesting. Okay, yeah, it's because that's how I thought of it. Like to me, it's like you could almost ship them right here. Yeah, there's there's a certain chemistry that comes out. Yeah, and I I just just liked that this was the most subtle of the three. Yeah. Um, in the way that until the very end, you're like. I they could have ended the episode without the reveal at the end and you would still be going, was but did that really happen? Exactly. Was yeah. that real or fake Zelenka? Yeah. Um so McKay doesn't care. Whatever. You get authorization, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have really low odds of finding anything. And Zelenka takes it and starts walking off. You know, hey, look, if Zelenka wastes an hour of time, then McKay can say, I told you so. Yeah. But if I find anything, we can name it after me for a change. And with that, Zelenka tries to walk away, but he has dangled the opportunity. Yep. One to never let possible glory pass him by. Hook, line, and sinker. McKay is suddenly interested. Um, Woolsey and uh, Zhao are walking and talking. Woolsey noted it was really intimidating coming here mm -hmm. to command Atlantis. Because uh, Weir and Sam are tough acts to follow. Yep. He's been here nine months. And he would like to think that he did more than just survive, that he did a real quality job. Yeah, he made a difference. Um, 
And don't worry, she doesn't even have to read his report. He has done great and in recognition of his work, the IOA is appointing him the chair of Earth's new environmental initiative. Congrats! Mm. You're coming back to Earth! Nope. That is not a happy look on no, Richard's face. That's not what he wanted. At all. In the control room, um, again, this is one of those cases where you first watch this, you don't realize that Roddick is not interacting with anyone or anything. Yeah. The entire episode. That's true. McKay sits down, sets up the sensors. Amelia starts the scan, and since it should take about 30 minutes, McKay has time to run down to the cafeteria, get some almond biscotti and yoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. Yikes. That sounds disgusting it to sounds, me. I hate yoo-hoo. I, I don't... Biscotti should be had with coffee. It should. I'm here for almond biscotti. Yeah. Not here for Yoohoo. But he should be back in time to hear they found nothing. And as he walks away, Amelia's like, we found something. Hmm. It's about 1,500 feet below sea level, which makes it about a quarter mile. Okay. I could put it into meters for the rest of the world, but I'm... Not gonna. Not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So John well, okay, is... Okay, well, to- hang on, hang on. There's a thousand meters in a kilometer. Yeah. A kilometer is like just, it's less than a mile. I'm going to guess. I'm okay. going to make a wild guess. So I'm going to say it is about <laughs> 200 meters. Okay. I will only say the only thing I know is that there is five kilometers and 3.1 miles. <laughs> See the other way I think okay, I know. Okay, okay, okay. More than like one seventy-five, one seventy-five meters. That's my final answer. I'll bet a single meter <laughs> to not go Bob. over one meter, Bob. <laughs> John is out scouting the forest. All he has with him is his knife, and when he sees someone, their back is to him. It looks Janai. Mm. So he gets closer, but the figure's gone. Oh no, he's fast. So fast. He's warp speed and And then calling out John's name is none other none other than none. Acostas Colia. Yeah. And before John can say any munch, he's just cold cocked out. Yikes. Um this is where now I was like, well, this isn't real because of how fast he was moving. <laughs> like, this one was the easiest one to untangle. I think it was. Be- I think, uh, especially in one of the next scenes where it's like, you just Jamie Lannister his hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. After that, it's like, well, that's not real. <laughs> There's no way they end the season. with Unless they like uh, Luke Skywalker his hand in the next episode. This isn't how this goes down. Yeah. So, which I, I could see Atlantis doing that. That's fair. In Woolsey's quarters, uh, Jean doesn't understand why Woolsey isn't happy about this. Like, you didn't even want to come to this fucking city in the first place. Mm. But times change, and not only does Woolsey think he's doing a good job here, but, like, nine months is not enough time to settle into a job like this. I, I would agree. I would agree. The first year, you're just learning the job. Yeah. Year two, you're really starting to make your mark. And, like, he knows something more is going on here. And she admits it, that the IOA noticed that he's making decisions that run counter to protocol and even common sense and feels like the job, the demands of the job are too much for him. And it's time for a change. And I love this pivot for him. 
as someone who came in going, well, I'm going to go by protocol and rules and by the book where he's like, oh, you mean shit like that's not easy to judge when you're not there making the calls? Crazy. Crazy how nature do that. <laughs> so the object they found is not big. It's brought into McKay's lab. It looks a bit, it's like, looks like honestly like a knack with a generator, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. They probably fair. used that as a prop They just base. reskinned it. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Uh, and the guy, again, things you don't notice, the guy who wheels it in never looks at Zelenka. Yeah, this is great. It's those things that you have to do the second watch to, yep. to catch those. And they wonder how long it's been down there, and they compliment each other for reconfiguring the sensors and having this wild guess in the first place, and they get to work. Mm-hmm. So Kolya radios his men to keep looking for the scientists. They obviously can't run fast. I mean scientists. Yeah. Uh, John wakes up, tied up better this time. And John is like, I'm pretty sure I killed you. Certain that you're dead. Those reports of my death were greatly exaggerated. I even fooled Beckett. And claims he was using some ancient technology like Lucius was. It's a nice throwaway line anytime you don't want to explain something. Yeah. Obviously, this is a hallucination. We learned that at the end. But in general, they could have been like, ah, uh, ancient tech. Ancient tech, yo. Like, that's the 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 swap in for magic. Yeah. Ancient tech. Gotta go. So... He then claims he found this planet by getting information from one of their off-world contacts. He does not imply whether he paid them for it or beat it out of them. Sure. And his new plan is just to take a boat to Atlantis. Um, but this will be after they put a big old bomb through the gate to knock the city out. Yay. And Kolya starts trying to roll for intimidation while putting his leather gloves on. Since he does need the IDC from John. Which, obviously, John is not here for. Mm -hmm. And Kolya figured John would need some convincing and just decks him across the face. Which, to me, giant sign that Kolya is not real. Because the real Kolya would know for a fact that John would never give up the IDC. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of it from the... I forget their name, but the species mindset, right? Because they need the IDC. That's all they want, right? Ultimately? I don't think they even need the IDC. Okay. They can't get anywhere on their own. They need John to help them get through, essentially. Well, in this case, he explains later that he was just distracting John so that he could... That's right. So that they could convince the other people to help. What I can't stop thinking about is they're like, fuck, this is how you want me to distract you? Yeah. Okay, I was fine pretending to be the hot botanist, but if you want to fucking fight to the death... Yeah. Sure. Because again, they said, you know, the hallucinations take in whatever's in your mind that yeah. you sort of suggest at yeah. it. So imagine walking, like, imagine this is your job, right? Imagine yeah. this is Inception or some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like that. And this is your job. And then, like, they send you in as, like, the hot, sexy, <laughs> like, James Bond mall. Yeah. And then she's like, I just want you to kick my ass yeah. for an, it's like, all right, I guess we to each their own. We'll get into that part later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My other part is oh. this city would fucking know it's not actually John when John's IDC comes through from off planet, but John's on the mainland yeah. and couldn't have come. Shush, 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 it's, fine. Shush, shush, shush. it's fine. It's fine. Uh-huh. It's fine. So Woolsey's holding a suit up to the mirror, which two parts on this. 
A, remember back to this was the guy who, even a couple weeks ago, was more comfortable wearing that suit than his Atlantis uniform when yes. off duty? Yeah. Um, he he didn't even wear it to meet the IOA representative. That's right. Um, also, what sort of hanger does he have? He's just holding up this suit. And it's like perfectly flat and like... That Ancient is some starch. Tech. Ancient tech. That is some fucking starch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone in the in the Atlantis laundry room is going ham. <laughs> so the door chimes, it's Vanessa. Mm-hmm. I will say real quick. Yeah. I think the reason he wears his Atlantis gear versus the suit is to show, like to symbolize the I'm here person thing. Yeah. It's just it is a nice evolution yes, from yeah, even a I couple agree. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's actually come, she's actually come to see if he would be interested in viewing the double feature tonight. Two of her favorite films, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I love that those are his favorite films. Just I mean, the they have fact to. that those two are being shown together. Yeah. That would have... Look, if somebody was like, hey, do you want to watch Mitch Summer and then follow it with Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I'd be like, something isn't right. Yeah. You know yes, too much. I like both those films. However. The fact that you've put them together means you're out to get me. Must kill you. Also, who would design a double feature with those two films? It me. I, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Nobody would. The they're out together. Here's the thing. You wouldn't even do that. No, because I know the theming exactly. better than That's that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. No one will put those two films together. Yeah. Because no. Yeah. No. So he admits he's in a shitty mood and does not want to go laugh. At least he knows where he is in I his soul. I might get like Midsummer in terms of endearment, though. And That's be fine. like, family. Yeah. Film is about family That's and grief. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tomorrow the two films are Mad Money and Kangaroo Jack. Now, here's my question. Is this a joke on her part? Because that is an even worse double feature. I don't understand. And I feel to think that anyone would ever actually want to see Kangaroo Jack. There's no way Kangaroo Jack is on Atlantis. I wonder if this is... This is Woolsey's... um, What's the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> my brain keeps saying dark snack em, oh, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. His you know, secret, the, like, yeah, secret, like shameful vice yeah, type of thing. I know the yeah. words you're thinking of, and I can't think of it either. Either one, it's his dark snack em. It's his dark. We all have our dark snack ems. Yeah, that's his dark snack em. <laughs> no. Anyways, and and she pokes him to yeah. talk, and he admits that he's basically being fired. Um, and since he's not apparently that great at towing the company line and he was told he got this job because of his merit and he's realizing now that the only reason he got this job is they thought he was a company man who'd roll over for them yep they thought he'd be easy to push over nope not doing that so she's like well then don't roll over yep that's a choice you can make Mm -hmm. he goes well the decisions aren't even made and she goes if the decision was made they'd fire via email they sent a person yeah. to another galaxy. Like, person's minds can be mind-changed. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Because if I were in a position where it's like, you don't get to argue this, it would just be like, hey, you're coming home. Yeah. I'd be sending two security dudes to come bring you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So Wolsey finds uh, Zhao on a beautiful dining balcony. 
It just opens up. Did is you... it Zhao or Zhen? I think Shen is her first name. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, on a beautiful dining balcony and just opens up. He's like, did you really fucking expect me to give up without a fight? He's like, she goes, yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. And Woolsey realizes that she was not specifically sent here to fire him. The IOA didn't, doesn't make the decision. Mm-hmm. She does. Monopoly Woolsey's come out to play. Oh my gosh, Monopoly Woolsey is mm-hmm. here. He goes, look at you, someone in the IOA wants me gone. Yep. And is using you and the opportunity of it to make it happen. And his silent leads him to believe that Fact. he's onto something. And what she gets out of this is his job. Yeah. It's Atlantis. Whoever promised, whoever wanted to get rid of him promised her command of Atlantis to get rid of Woolsey. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't explicitly confirm it, but she does admit that this would all be easier if you just accept it. Mm, probably not going to happen, though. Look, I hold all the cards. I have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> but Woolsey's definitely going to fight this. Yeah. Because his new invisible girlfriend convinced him to have a backbone. Yeah, that's all he needs. He just needs an invisible girlfriend to he tell him. He just needed a little kick in the butt. Yep. On the mainland, Kolya's just punching John's head back and forth. Basically, yeah. Um, Kolya wonders why... Again! The thing's like, really? <laughs> just, okay, just physically beaten. Okay, here sure. we go. Um, Kolya wonders why John can take more of this than any man he's ever known. And John's like, well, I was married once. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, John. <laughs> you masochist. Listen, this, this, we've had a couple episodes that definitely gives you a window into John's mind. And yeah. I feel like this is an underrated episode that gives you an idea to John's mind. Yeah. There may be a reason why John doesn't have many relationships that work uh, out. Yeah, I was just sitting here lost, doing the, uh, <laughs> that uh, calculus meme yeah. face. I was like, oh, John's a bad catch. Yeah. John seems like a great catch, and then it's like shiny on the outside, and then you realize no, 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 don't want this anymore. Someone has some internal shit they gotta figure out, figure out. (laughs) Oh no. Okay, so Kolya tries to get to him another way. This one would sing the therapy song at John. (laughs) Then he's he's here in this galaxy to protect his people, but you know you really suck at that. You have all these past failures. Is that the past failures that drive you? And he just punches them. Yeah. And he goes, look, by not giving me the IDC, you're delaying, delaying the inevitable. This is when I was certain that it was a, this was just John's mind. Yeah. Like, you, these two scientists, all of Atlantis, they're all going to be as good as dead. And realizing this isn't working, which again, obvious it was not going uh, to. Yeah. He radios some of his men to meet him here and tells John that he's going to wish he'd given Kolya the IDC real soon. Mm-hmm. My nose itches so badly today. Sorry. It's like the outside. It's like how my allergies manifest. Yeah, yeah Just yeah. like the outside of my nose is itchy. That's you fun. You think I was like snorting something. She's all that coke. It's all that coke you do. <laughs> all that poly coke. <laughs> so in McKay's lab, still, Zelenka isn't interacting with anything. Mm-hmm. You'd almost miss it. He's sitting in front of a computer. Doesn't interact with it. Mm-hmm. So they know there's this low energy energy signal, low powered energy signal. Words. <laughs> yeah. It's oscillating. It's not dangerous. 
Zelenka figures that I they... I like the thought of this energy signal, okay? Yeah. It's like... It's like this stoned... Because it's like, one, it's low energy, so it's like, yeah. hey, man, I'm just I'm here. I'm low energy. But it's oscillating, which when you say the word oscillating, all I can think of is an oscillating fan that yeah. rocks back and forth. So yeah. it's just like, hey, man... I'm just hanging out, kind of <laughs> swinging back and forth. Yeah. I'm doing my thing. It's a very cool energy signal, man. It it's is a very so cool. cool. It's yeah. the coolest. It's not dangerous. <laughs> it's just cool. Yeah. And Zelenka figures they should probably be ignoring that and working on the data instead. Hmm. And listen, McKay has run every decrypt he can think of. Like, no idea what the data is supposed to do, what it means, why it's here, what it wants. Um, and Zelenka figures that McKay will think of something and nonchalantly adding because McKay is brilliant. This is where I shift them. And like, and like McKay has this like slow verbal double take. Yeah. Which I like, love. What? Because what did you just say? Why did you say that? Are you sick? Am I sick? What's, who's dying? What's happening? What's Do going you love on? me? Yeah. He's like, no one's sick. I said you're brilliant because you are. Mm. Like Zelenka doesn't. Often say it because, McKay, you are a difficult man to compliment. True. You are egotistical, arrogant, stubborn, and well fucking brilliant. Sorry. Yeah. And then they kissed. And then they kissed. Then they make out. Uh, yeah. Um, which, you know, that puts some pep into McKay's step, and he's fired up to figure out what this data puzzle is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that scene. And that's one of those things where, because we know... Zelenka, he's like, oh no, I think the same thing. Yeah, I'm never gonna say it to your arrogant face. Yeah, but like, truth. It's true. It doesn't make me like you. Yeah, it's just true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so John is gonna is will not have to wait long to guess what Plan B is. Kolya is going to repair the damage to the jumper and fly it to the city. John's like, there's a problem with that plan. Thankfully, John is gonna. Give them a hand. Okay. Jamie Lannister style. Oh, boy. So here's my question to you. The ancient gene. Yeah. Is it active after you die? I'm pretty sure none of what happened is how it actually works. Like. Because there's like a brain component to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to tell your hand. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure none of how this works is like how it works. Mm, Okay. Got it. I just wanted, like, it's not real. This is what John's brain doesn't yeah. science that great. Like, he's smart, but he doesn't science that good. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm pretty sure the, like, cutting someone's hand off to get their blueprint shit doesn't work for ancient genes. That makes sense. Or, like, extracting someone's eyeball like Loki does. Like, that's not how this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So they untie him, stand him up, knock him to his knees, one last chance, and, uh, I remember for the first time, I don't remember if I picked up any hinky stuff before this, but this was definitely the moment where it's like, oh, well, this shit's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, my mind went, they're not doing this. Like, this is where you jump out into reality a little bit. This is not Game of Thrones, okay? Yes, exactly. Spoiler for somehow first season (laughs) Game of Thrones. Mind you, had they done, like, a finger, I would have believed it. Yes. But, like, Jamie losing his hand in Game of Thrones, sure, in that show, highly believable. In Stargate, they're not cutting off a main character's hand. No, they're just not. They haven't by now, and yeah. we're in the last gasp <laughs> yeah, of the second show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we would have established this by now. Yeah. Because if they're willing to do that, Sam would have lost an eye. Oh, 100%. Teok would have been one-legged yeah. or something. And Daniel would have memory loss. Exactly. Yeah. Daniel, no, Daniel would be dead. That's what we're- <laughs> actually dead <laughs> and stay permanently dead exactly. yeah fair point um and we end just as Kolya swings down john having a moment where he's also not quite believing this is happening yeah beautiful mainland shot we come back from commercial break as john is waking up and sees his handless wrist at least bound well in the yeah. attempt to stave off infection I, yeah. I like that there's no blood on it either no, like no. they just cauterized it yeah. right away yeah um and he's Obviously in some shock, figuring out what's going on. All snark from John is gone. Mm-hmm. And Kolya finds John interesting. Like, you come all the way to another galaxy. You risk your life for people you don't know. Mm-hmm. You either have a death wish or you're running from someone. And he wants to know what you're, what John is running from. All of it. Well, we actually have a good taste of what he's running from from a previous episode. Yeah. He's yeah. literally running from his life. Yeah, he hates it. From his like the planned out life that someone else he was supposed to him. have, yeah. His corporate head of whatever yeah. bullshit life 100%. that he doesn't want to be part of. Which I find I which I love and I find interesting because how many people would be like, I'll fucking choose that life. Yeah. Opposite of this, yeah. 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 So McKay comes back to his lab where Zelenka still is. The radiation from this device actually covers the whole city and beyond. Yeah. Hmm. Key. Uh, it's not... And beyond. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. At worst, some headaches and some trouble sleeping. Sure. Uh, Zelenka figures they'll just turn it off before bed. Yeah. But now what about this data? <laughs> McKay's just frustrated. He's not getting anywhere with it. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's a genius. Roddick's like, look, I said brilliant, not genius. He's like, same thing. I'm going to need you to tone it down a tiny bit, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 12 symbols on repeat, but he still can't crack it. Mm. Um, they're like, weird. It's like being asked to figure out a password for an alien laptop or something. And on purpose or not. That's the inspiration McKay needed. He starts working this on... Is, this is the the alien Zelenka... Yeah. Uh channeling our DM yeah. husband Jesse uh-huh. while we're playing a D game yeah. and we can't figure out the puzzle. Yeah. So as an NPC, or like when you're playing a video game and it's like, maybe I should jump on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> you maybe I hint, should print and it hmm. just highlights an well, arrow. I like when it doesn't even like hint like it's just kind of there's some games will integrate it into conversation. So this is what this Zelenka is. It's yeah. like, hey, you're taking a really long time to solve this. Hey, maybe <laughs> I should check the blah blah. <laughs> maybe have you found the password for that yet? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what's upstairs. I bet I could climb up those stairs. Faster than you. <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do. Check the password. Yeah, basically. Anyway, so, yeah, he starts working on the alien laptop's password. And I mean, (laughs) any kid with a computer, password protects, so why not an alien? Exactly. By the way, password protect your shit. Yes. Uh, He realizes it's a puzzle. The puzzle is not the characters. The puzzle is the space between the characters. Mm. And everything about it is multiples of 12. Interesting. Hence, episode 312. 100, yeah, we did this on sure. purpose. 
Uh, he's running a pattern recognition software on 12. Bada bing, bada boom. 12 is a good number, by the way, for that type of shit, because it is a flexible number. Well, because it's divisible by so many ways. Yeah. By twos, by threes, by fours. Yeah. By That's sixes. a lot of ways. By sixes. Yeah. By twelves. By and ones. by ones. <laughs> Don't ever divide anything by zero, though. No, unless you... That is... um. That is not non-destructive mathing. That it is, is not. destructive Unless, mathing. Listen, you don't want to know. You want to know how you could have defeated the replicators? Zero. Just tell them to divide by zero. Mm-hmm. Ta-da! <laughs> you just stop the replicators in their path. Yeah. They just go into a loop cycle. I love it. And no more replicators. Yeah, and then their brains just fizzle out. Yep. <sighs> okay. So Woolsey just happens to walk out on a balcony where Vanessa is because she poached his private spot. Yes, Grace? <laughs> yes? You look like you want to say something. You poached... <laughs> My private spot. Listen, we were just talking about how Richard Dick does not have the mind of a 12-year-old like we may. Not only is it 12-year-old, it's a little bit like I threw up in my mouth. If a man said to me my private spot, all of my clothes would be back on my body immediately. And extra layers. And somehow... The poaching of it? <laughs> My private spot. No. Don't ever say that. No. Don't ever say it. I can't think of a of a less sexy innuendo. What's what's the best is like, I don't think there was any thought of an innuendo to to Wolsey. That's the worst part. I know. He just genuinely like, well, this is my pri- this is my sanctum sanctorum. That would have been cool. I know, but 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 to him, but that's it's my Wolsey. private spot. Yeah. Even my hiding spot <laughs> would have been fine. My secret <laughs> it was still not great. This is very specifically where Wolsey comes to be private with his thoughts. With his area. Yeah. His mind area. He's gonna... Don't poach it. (laughs) Like a weird egg. Okay, I'm done. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she goes, well... (laughs) She asked if he would mind sharing. Damn it. Uh, That was a normal line! That was a normal line! Can I tell you that, like, here's a... I didn't even think of... This is... You poached my private spot as being something. It is. And then Grace came here and then ruined the line. I existed. And then I didn't even think about the second part as being weird. And then... It's all terrible. Which makes my next part real bad. Uh Uh-huh, keep going. Because I went as Woolsey going, well, yes, I mind very much. This is my spot. I licked it and I have a flag. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see you next week. Because I didn't think of it as 
as being an innuendo for anything. I just was You can like, email us at there's no place like Jeremy at gmail.com. Did you lick your privacy? <laughs> oh no. Do you have a flag? I just went Eddie Izzard. <laughs> I have a baguette. Eddie Izzard is is upset right now. I understand. <laughs> They're very upset. Yeah. But oh, oh, oh god. Okay, okay. We did it. We're fine. We're gonna make it. No, instead, Woolsey would not mind sharing his private spot of with a very not. attractive, mysterious Absolutely doctor lady. You would. So they sit there for a moment, taking in the beauty of the city. Even that sounds dirty right now, given context well, of shit. Keep going. No, just keep. <laughs> keep. And uh, he, he wants to thank her for the advice earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, low odds that they're going to back down and let him keep command, but at least he'll know that he did not go out without a fight. Yeah. And she says that he's a very good man and wishes the IOA would see that. And he goes for it and asks her to dinner. Oh, good. And without hesitation, it would be her pleasure. And it's like, cool. Well, I'm, I'm a, uh, what time should I pick you up? And she's like, well, it might be easier if I just meet you there. And I'm not saying that's a red flag. It's a little bit of a red flag. Given the context of shit, not a red flag. In normal times. In this economy, I would also meet people at a place. That's and what I'm saying. It's yeah. not always a red flag. Yeah. In this case, giant red flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also... I know you're not always working on Atlantis, okay? There's plenty of time when you have downtime. And I also very well know that in this case, this woman is literally manifested yeah. in order to be attractive to Woolsey. Because that zipper placement is intentional. Oh, yeah, yeah. On that wide shot, it's just all boob. What's up? My boobs. <laughs> it's just all boob. You want to get up in this private you spot? You are not working in the lab with that much cleavage. No, you're not. <coughs> it's probably unsafe. It probably is. Yeah. You're like getting bacon grease, something. You need to get that shit covered. Yeah. Uh, then Amelia finds him because he was off radio and McKay needs to see him. Mm-hmm. So he heads off. And oh, by the way, Sal heard that entire conversation. How horrified <laughs> is she? By one, this entire conversation that yeah. went down. Yeah. Also, he was by himself while it happened. In his private spot. In his private spot. Yeah. Do you think at this point she's like, maybe I don't want to lead Atlantis. <laughs> the first one died. The other one's just like, peace the fuck out. Yeah. And, and this one's talking to himself yeah. about... Pro- Maybe I don't want the curse of Atlantis. Yeah, maybe there is a curse on the commander of the city. So McKay was able to decrypt and translate the alien laptop and shares this knowledge with Woolsey. It is a complete historical, scientific, medical breakthrough, advanced weapons, everything of an extinct civilization. Silicon life forms. Silicon life forms is what I wrote because it was very late when I was doing my notes. Don't get, don't, don't worry. I will get there. Oh, good. Thank you. Because I was going to add that there is not a but, but there is a by the way. Uh-huh. It also contains the chemical building blocks for a silicon-based life form. Yay! Hey, guess what we haven't had in a while? Science according to Stargate. Let's Science according to Stargate. Science according to Stargate. Get out of my private spot. <laughs> 
Okay. God damn it. Okay. So we are carbon-based life forms. Yes. All life on Earth, carbon-based. Many assume... Meaning we burn. I don't actually know what that means. I just... Um, Many people assume that any life we find in the universe will also be carbon-based. Okay. Other people consider that carbon chauvinism. Mm. Which I don't know if the phrase was coined by Carl Sagan... But Carl Sagan, I know, was one of the people early on who was like, listen, if we assume life that we find anywhere else in the galaxy is going to be like ours, that's a little assumption. Yeah, perceptive of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they be just like us if they're elsewhere? Why would, why would the, even if it was bacteria, why would it look like bacteria we have on Earth? Right, right. Like, we have literally no clue what other life would look like. Absolutely. We have to keep our ideas open. Mm Mm-hmm. So silicon is actually one of the, there's a lot of like theories of if life is not carbon based, what else it would be like. Okay. We have sort of some, we don't have like arsenic based life on earth, but we have some other things that possibly there may be something based on arsenic. Silicon is the next most likely people assume basis for life. Okay. And because it's binding properties. So the reason carbon is, you know, the us. most common in yeah. us is just because of the all the different ways that carbon, it's like super friendly. It's a Lego. It's a it's like the friendliest Lego. It can build anything. It can be anything. And there's a lot of stuff that it does is advantageous for life to use it. Got it. Silicone is the next most likely because its binding properties are pretty close to carbon. Okay. Fun fact, an oxygen atmosphere would actually be poisonous to a silicon life form. Oh. Yeah. So we have found hydrocarbons and other carbon-based organic compounds in the universe already. We found a ton of them. Okay. Um, That's not to say we've necessarily found life, but a lot of the news that you'll see that gets exciting is they have found organic compounds. They have found the elements of life. That okay. if you combine them in the right soup, they would have the potential to become life. Okay, so like a little, like a little uh, life cup of noodles. It if is you a will. Li- exactly. They have found like, like it's not quite there, but it almost it, is. Exactly. Okay. okay. If you stir it in the right area, yeah, give it the add right some heat. hot water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is on comets and meteors, and it could collide to the planet and deposit it, which would be that missing sort of key ingredient. And um, a lot of people, there is a lot of theories that say that is quite possibly how life was seeded on Earth, that those, the cup of noodles landed on Earth early on, like really early when the Earth was forming. And we just were that happy microwave oven. The perfect amount of that the right environment. Yeah, because, you know, we, you've heard about the Goldilocks zone. You know, there's a reason why we haven't discovered life on Venus. We haven't discovered life on Mars. Right, because it's too found, cold, too hot. Et cetera, yeah, we found the elements of it. You know, one doesn't have enough really to support a sustained, like, atmosphere type thing. The other one, runaway greenhouse effect and other things. You know, they have... We found evidence that runtime there was running water on Mars, which is another like key thing. So it's another part of that Goldilocks zone, which is why it's so awesome and important 
when each star is going to have its a, its own Goldilocks zone. Right. And so it's so exciting we're able to scan planets that are in another star's Goldilocks zone. So that's basically what we're looking for. When we look at these other star systems, mm-hmm. we're like, which one of your planets is prime for life? It's not only which one of your planets are prime for life. It's one of the, you know... I think the least impressive visually for most people when we were looking at the first um, data and images that came back from the James Webb telescope yeah. was one of them was just a spectrop. I always butcher the saying it. Reading the light of... Spectroscope? Of, is that the yeah, one it is? Yeah, it's a spectroscope, but there's a tail end to it. It's spectros- spect- I butcher the saying. Okay. Anyways... I had done some preliminary things with that and I was learning about them in college. And it's basically how you read light as it filters to you. Different elements will show up. Oh, you mean up. like when something is green, it's because it's absorbing green light? Yes, but a way more <laughs> complex version of that. Sorry, I just needed to make but the yes. callback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they can use that and then they can actually read the elements in an atmosphere of a planet and it's a planet in this case that we can't actually see it but as it sort of goes in front of the sun of its sun we can sort of detect that it's there and we were able to read the atmosphere from it and we were actually able to see that there was like water vapor and things in the atmosphere that's cool which is a key thing for specifically carbon-based life it's where the far zeniths are gonna go when are we destroy our planet 100 percent um so hydrocarbons, organic compounds, very prevalent in the in the universe. We haven't technically found any silicon-based compounds, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. Big fucking galaxy. Carbon is the fourth most common element in the galaxy. Silicone is the eighth. Okay. Um, another fun fact, according to a study and according to Wiki. <laughs> Wait, what's number one? Do we know? Yeah, hydrogen. Oh, that makes sense. So um, in order... Um, hydrogen is by far, like, so abundant. much. By, oh my God, hydrogen is abundant fucking okay. everywhere. Second is helium. Okay. Not something you think of, but helium is burns um, in stars. Um, If only we could harness that, we wouldn't have such a shortage. I know. Third is oxygen, uh, then carbon, then neon, actually. Mm. Iron, nitrogen, silicone, magnesium, and sulfur. Nice. I happen to still all have those. That it's up. from all those farts. It is from all the farts, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, carbon composes around five five hundred and fifty billion tons of all life on Earth. Chibis. and it is the second most common element found in our bodies after oxygen by mass. Okay, eighteen point five percent of the mass of our bodies is carbon. Okay, okay, I get yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and mind you, that's not straight carbon. Carbon can be turned into all sorts of things. That's just basic. Where it starts. If, they, if you broke you down into base elements. Mm-hmm. If you got down to the basic Lego. Yes. There's this many double head Legos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and the most famous silicon-based life form in all of fiction, as far as I'm concerned, is the Horta from the original series episode, Devil in the Dark. Where it's an it's an episode. You would actually love this episode. Um, original Star Trek. Yep. Okay. Um, it's it's a it's a 
We know I'm not the biggest fan of the series, but it's one of my favorite episodes, and I think you'd really like it because it is all about communication, mm. uh, which some of the best Star Trek episodes are. But they think that there is essentially this monster down in the mines that is attacking miners. I think it's miners and stuff like this. And spoilers, <laughs> what it ends up being is a silicon-based life form that doesn't know how to communicate in any other way. And it's actually like protecting its young, essentially. Oh, yeah. You made the mama mad. You made mama mad. I don't blame her. It's a mama horda. I would like that. So... This device mm-hmm. is designed to be a Genesis probe, also Star Trek reference. <laughs> see, it's going to seed life on another planet. And eventually, if that life evolves into a sentient race, eventually they would benefit from all of this knowledge left by their extinct ancestors. Right. So McKay figures this planet was not its destination. Again, there's oxygen here. Yeah, yeah. Poison, poison. <laughs> um, but with some Daedalus' help, we could get it to its final destination. Um, because this planet is pretty firmly carbon-based. The catch is, if they copy the data, they will ruin the biological samples. So they can't get knowledge from it, but also save them. Yeah. <sighs> Oof. So either way, they have two choices. They either take the data or they send the carrier on its way. They cannot do both. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite kind of Star Trek episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, this is one hypothesis of how life got started on Earth. Um, it was essentially a natural probe that the ingredients uh, were dumped here on Earth by a comet or a meteor or something. There are some really cool Star Trek episodes, too, that kind of... Um, there's one that's in Next Gen, and I, and I can't remember the name of the episode, but it's essentially they find a treasure map in the DNA of sentient species across the galaxy. Jeez. And they work together to solve this puzzle... And they end up discovering that much like this, there was an ancient extinct race that as they were dying, seeded the galaxy, which is why specifically in the Star Trek universe, all the species are humanoid, two arms, two legs, because they all originated from the same original ancestor species. I love, uh, this is going to get real deep for a second, so I'm going to pull myself back before before I explode my own brain. But, uh, you know, I I used to, I think, um, uh, husband Jesse and I talk about this a lot on how, what a miracle it can be to make a film. Oh, yeah. Like the fucking, everything needs to fall into place and everybody has to work really hard for this to maybe possibly be a film. Yeah. And that doesn't even mean a good film. That's just a film. A film, right? So if you take this concept back into wider and wider scope, the fact that we exist is a similar type of happiest of accidents. Yeah. Of everything trying really hard, but this may not possibly be. I I talked about the Drake equation. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a Drake equation. It's fucked if you think about it too long. Like, the smallest change could have made it not be. And so the Drake equation just goes on about how, how rare it possibly is in the galaxy to have even life at a microbial basis. Yeah. Let alone plant life, let alone, you know, basic 
animals or, or ocean animals, let alone land animals. And you keep going like that all the way to you get up to a sentient species, let alone a sentient species that could reach out to the stars. Holy cow. And it runs through. And yet, and still, if you, if you calculate the amount of stars there are in a single galaxy and then how many galaxies they are, it still quite possibly is like so many possible sentient species out there yeah. that you can't calculate. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know how I feel as far as faith and spirituality goes, mm-hmm. but I hope that there is someone out there going, look at these fuckers go. I know. Like the way that we look at a plant. Oh, 100%. That's like that they should have died years ago. And that's one of the other that's one of the other theories, essentially, that that they have is that if there is other intelligent life out there, they're just we have not shown enough advanced technology yeah. enough for them to prime directive style sure we don't have warp drive yet they're not going to reveal yeah. themselves to us yeah 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 anyway. and it's so the universe is so spread out that if you were it's ships passing at night for you to possibly you know run into someone yeah let alone pick up a signal from someone Oof, okay my brain can't do it another anymore. thing that keeps me up at night yeah <laughs> So don't forget John and his missing hand, by oh, the way. Right, right. He's not doing well. Polya just pokes him that, you know, you were real easy to break. Johnny Lannister. The- I would say that he's not easy to break. Because no. you literally had to cut his hand off. Yeah, he says the two scientists put up more of a fight than John did before mm. they were killed. Uh, Kolya's men then runs up. They got the jumper up and working and use John's genetic material to initiate it. And when Kolya turns around to gloat, oh no, John's not there. Yep. Uh, the other guy's like, let's just leave him and fucking go attack Atlantis because he's a unarmed, one-armed guy in the forest. one arm, flying purple. <laughs> Kolya eater. Uh, but Kolya wants to find and kill him because Kolya. Yeah. Uh, John hears this because thankfully he's not far and also thankfully tucks his hand to his vest to ease the pain and also make filming easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's running like that. No. Even if you don't have a hand there, yeah. you, you need that perpetual like <laughs> motion machine to help you move. Um, Wolsey's back in the control room and says hi to Ellen and you to Chuck, which... Does <laughs> hey, he- buddy. Does he only know the women's names, or is this just a Chuck thing? I think it's a Chuck-specific thing. I'm hoping. Wolsey doesn't seem like the type, but... No, no, no. I genuinely think that... Chuck. There's something about Chuck's face that is forgettable <laughs> to him. Yeah. There are, I, there are people who don't work with us, but work in the yeah. same building, yeah, who yeah, yeah. I talk to daily. Yeah, no, I have one of them. And I couldn't tell you their names. No, yeah, I... It's one of those where I'm like, I know the name is in the building. Uh-huh. I know the name. I and I I know if someone tells me that that name is associated with that person, that I, I, I can't. I have like a handful of names that might be your name. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> like you might be one of these five names that yeah. I that I've. I don't remember which one. Yeah, but it's one of them. Yeah. Um. So he asks Amelia to pass along a message to Vanessa that with the recent discoveries, they may have to propose their dinner. Amelia has a bit of a grin at that. Yeah. Also, Woolsey, Amelia's not your fucking secretary. Uh, true. Um, but that's fine. Um, actually, Woolsey goes, where are her quarters? It's actually more proper that I tell her in person. Hmm. Amelia's like, um, 
There's no Dr. Conrad on Atlantis. Yikes. What's your thought if you're Amelia? That someone's lying to him or that he's lost his mind? That he got the name wrong. That makes sense. Yeah. Especially with the check thing. Yeah, that he got the name wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John is staying away from the guards who are hunting him, but he definitely did set up traps for them. Good job. And does the old leg catch upside down trick and then uses the upside down Janai as a shield so his buddies will kill him and not John. And then John gets his gun and then kills the buddies. So now John has guns and radios Meat in his shield. inventory. Meat shield, for sure. Mm-hmm. Wolsey is starting to question things. And just confirms amelia when you when you got me on the balcony earlier was there a woman there she's like no you were standing on your own dude yeah you were all up in your your space your <laughs> all up area. in your private spot in the forest two more janai guards they pick up a janai radio which is all john needed to kill him uh-huh bye ta-da Wolsey goes and gets a scan in the infirmary. Smart. Vanessa startles him there, telling him there's nothing wrong with him, but does cause a jump scare on Wolsey's part. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Keller assumes he's talking to her and is like, well, I'll tell you in one second. Hold your horses, dude. Yeah. I I like how long it takes for him to address Keller. Like, dude, can you fucking say something to this woman already? Um, And... Vanessa's like she's not gonna find anything Keller's like well I didn't find anything if for no other reason than having two people have a conversation with me at the same time would drive me bananas yeah I would be like hang on she's talking to me do you see her because I know I've done this to actual people and go hang on both of you stop I'm gonna talk to you in a minute. I'm gonna finish this first. But he doesn't want Keller to think he's crazy. I don't give a fuck. Uh, uh, the trigger of all of the voices. I have opposite problem where I need things to slow down to take them in. Okay. Um. So Wolsey wants to know what's going on. Why isn't your name in the database? And why couldn't anybody see you earlier? And Keller's like, my name is in the database. Oh my god, Keller, shut your face. <laughs> and my door's oh my oh Like, did Amelia, if she has medical concerns, did she try to stop by? Like, what's going on? And Vanessa just saves Wolsey here. Look, only I can see you. Only you can see me, dude. Only you can see me. She can't see me. Yeah. Only me. You're looking real crazy right now. Yeah, shut your mouth. Keller, still clueless because she has no reason to believe anything's going on. She's like, I'm really, I just want to make sure this is understood that Amelia doesn't think that I turned her away. Oh my God, Keller, this is not about you. Okay, bye. Well, she's like, oh yeah, nope, I'll tell her she's fine. We're fine. I'm going to talk to Amelia. I'm, (sighs) symptoms. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, you could say there are visual symptoms. I love the pan over to Vanessa and back. That's a symptom for sure. And occasional buzzing. Yeah, definitely hearing things as Vanessa's like, we need to talk. Keller actually figures it's just the IOA review. It's the stress of it. Anxiety can manifest in weird ways. He's like, yep, that must be it. I'm clearly, please give me meds. I will sleep it off. Everything is fine. I like how pill happy Keller is. Oh, yeah. 
Like every chance she gets, she's like, just take some sleeping pills. She might have a problem. Like Judy, Judy, I think it's time to get off the second all. I would like to think that this is like, here, we're just going to start this. If it continues, we're going to move on to something non-pill form. But here's some sleeping pills. Although we do know Keller already has a history with yes. really liking sleeping I'm pills. I'm telling you, yeah. Uh, Vanessa tries to warn him not to take those, but he just walks away, trying to hide how badly he's freaking out yep. right now. And McKay's lab's like a sort of stilts his way on in there. Didn't want to disrupt McKay. He was very deep in thought. And McKay's like, deep in thought is what keeps me sharp and sleepless. Uh-huh. Hi. That sounds like somebody I know. I'm in a picture here. Yeah. So he's looking, he's still looking at the radiation from the device, which Linka again is like, maybe ignore that part and focus on the data. Yeah. But McKay is just killing time until he gets the green light from Woolsey to start the data retrieval. He's pretty sure he's going to. I mean, the chronicled advancements of an alien race is huge. I mean, which it is. Yep. And um, as he's reading these, he's, he's watching these readings from the radiation, McKay notices that the frequency readings change. And McKay realizes he has seen this before. Hmm. And it's a problem. Dun, dun, dun. John is a new distraction he's trying. He dressed one of the dead people in his jacket and vest. And when the guy shoots the dead person, John just comes up and throws a dagger at him. I just like the fucking thought of him one-handed dressing a dead body. I have a hard enough time putting a harness on my dog. With two hands. And like a like an alive body yeah. of uh-huh. a little dog versus a floppy... <laughs> A full-grown adult body and yeah. one hand. Yeah. That's all. Again, this is all in John's head. Yeah. He probably just blinked and it was done. Ta-da. And didn't question it. Yeah. Uh, also, thankfully, they cut off his left hand uh-huh. and not no, his right, right hand. Yeah, yeah. So he can still throw daggers. <laughs> I have a hunch he can still throw knives with his left hand. It's just not quite as accurate. Yeah, I believe that. In Wolsey's room, Vanessa's already there apologizing for making him doubt his sanity mm-hmm. and quickly explains what she is. A physical manifestation of his subconscious romantic and sexual ideas, which that is a line. Oof. I am with Woolsey in that when someone says that to you, there are no words to give. No. no. Okay. <laughs> How do you react to that? You're just like... Elaborate <laughs> to quote CR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and and yes, he really is seeing her. Sorry for the confusion, but the survival of an entire civilization is at stake. She says, mm-hmm. "Um, because yes, bingo. This has to do with the alien laptop." <laughs> By the way, great timing for Zao to knock on the door. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make this even more complicated and awkward. She comes in. Keller probably called her in there and was like, hey, I don't know why he's so mad at me. Can you go check? She can see Vanessa um, and covers the fact that he covers the fact that now twice uh, Zhao has seen or heard Wilsey talking to someone uh-huh. as him just... Listen, I'm practicing prep talks. I'm verbalizing my thoughts. I'm putting things in perspective. I thought to myself. This is how I think. She's like, look, the casual observer would think that's fucking weird. You know what? You can go fuck off. And that's why I'm like, fuck off, 
lady. You're trying to say that you don't sometimes talk to yourself. Come on. Yeah. You're talking my... straight lace for Atlantis. Go away, bye. I talk to myself all the fucking time. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes people can hear me. Yeah. It happens. Fair. I think I do a good job of keeping it in my head, but it's very possible that I just work with a lot of polite people. The dog has heard me just yell to the ether. Like, the dog has to be so confused at me. Mm, that's fair. Um, so, Zhao was briefed on the alien laptop. And this is always a fun thing. Robert Picardo is fantastic at this in this scene. It's a three-person scene, but one person doesn't know one exists. Yes. And again, this is the type of stuff that Robert Picardo is great at. Anyway. He's yeah, this double conversation and this this playing to the two yeah. sides of the room. Yeah. So Zhao doesn't understand why Woolsey hasn't already given the go-ahead to retrieve the data, because to her, this is critical information. It's an opportunity he's throwing away. It's a dead race. Who knows if the seeding process would even work, and this information is something that they can use here or now. Mm-hmm. Whereas Woolsey is looking at this, I think even without Vanessa's influence, that this is not our information to take. Right. We're robbing an entire civilization the chance to rebuild themselves. And so I was like, well, wow, I really thought you'd also see this personally as a chance to show the IOA that you can play ball and follow procedure and save your job. Because otherwise, you're just handing me your job in a silver platter. Yikes. And like, really? There's fucking procedure about how if you find an alien Genesis device that holds a civilization worth of data? She's she's kind of full of shit. She's throwing everything she can on the table. Yeah. I will say also credit to the other actors for for not responding to the other person there. Yes. Like, I wonder how many takes were like, cut. You looked at her. (laughs) Cut. Stop looking at her. She's not there. Do you know what I mean? Like, Well, one of them can look at the other. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's fair. Uh, but the whole, just the idea of like, if someone's talking, your natural inclination. I know. Is just to go t- towards it. Yeah. Anyway. No. So, Kolya is creeping. Uh-huh. John They're playing hide and seek. From hide and seek. John seeks him and shoots him from a clearing. As John runs up, Kolya's gone and then tackles him from behind. Ta-da. Sort of a cool moment where the camera tumbles with him. Yeah. And John is thrown over a cliff face, dangling <sighs> over a devastating fall to water below Yikes. by just one vine. And Kolya just stands above there while he struggles to keep hold. This is fine. It's fine. At the same time, Woolsey's like, how fucking dare you threaten me? Yeah. She's like, it's not a threat, it's a fact. Ooh. Um, no. Well, Vanessa's like, hey, let me tell you how great my race is. Don't kill us. To add more chaos, that's when McKay just barges into his boss's room. Um, that they have to get rid of the device now. It's giving off energy signatures really close to something they encountered before that induces mass hallucinations. If you remember the time when John saw his buddy in the plane yep. or in the helicopter yep. and Carson mistreating someone, so he died. Yep. Oof. Yeah. Vanessa's like, or it could just be a way of communicating between two very different species that don't have a common language. Crazy. Uh, Zhao is obviously like, well, clearly let's steal the data and then destroy it. No. Wolsey's like, thank you, both of you. Thank you Everybody for giving me. Everybody needs to shut all of the you fuck up. Go, I will 
decide and let you know I'm just going to shove you out the door. McKay looks confused and turns and just goes to Vanessa. Answers now. All of them. Now. Yeah. Lakoya leans over the cliff and is like, dude, come on, you're taking too long. Just fucking use your other hand to hoist yourself up. <laughs> I have no intentions of letting your sorry ass die. And John is shocked as he pulls his arm, his hand, out of his vest, and there is a hand there. Whoa. And there's no blood in his face anymore. And because he doesn't... It was, you know where his hand was? In this private area. <laughs> in this private spot? In this private spot. And because John doesn't want to hang there, he pulls himself with great effort up the cliff. Um, and now in his hand is his own gun, not the Janai gun. Mm. Very much wants to know what the actual fuck. Yep. So Kolya starts explaining that 10,000 years ago, civilization knew they were dying. After millions of years of evolution, the Sakari faced extinction. And the Sakari story is told between Vanessa and Kolya at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the Sakari knew they couldn't save themselves. They saw the end coming, much like the Asgard mm-hmm. in, in some respects. So they spend their final days building these seed carriers, each targeting a different world that would be suitable, each carrying genetic material to kickstart new life, and each with their entire history, good and bad, to try to prevent the same mistakes from happening again. Yep. Over 50 were plot launched. Reveal, plot reveal, plot, plot reveal, plot reveal. Lord dump, lore dump. Over 50 were launched. None worked. Oof. This specific one malfunctioned. And this is where you find out the the person that both all three really have been interacting with is the AI of the carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, they redirected it to this planet after it malfunctioned, hoping it would be suitable for them. Clearly it's not. So many oxygen. Yep. And so now... We're mainly with Woolsey and Vanessa as she, as they explain that the carrier was pretty much undamaged when mm-hmm. it landed, but it's been sitting on the ocean floor for 2,000 years. Wouldn't you... I don't know enough. Water is not helpful to a silicon-based... It's like, not, but everything is encased inside. It was it was sealed so that it wouldn't be destroyed. No, but I'm saying, wouldn't you immediately be like, that planet's not viable, there's so much water. But at the same time, when you're like, I have just enough power to get to any planet. That's fair. It's like, maybe it was trying to shoot for the moon or something like this. Or maybe it's like, that planet's not on fire. Exactly. Okay, fair. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. It was sitting there dormant until a few weeks ago when McKay flew a jumper past it and woke it up. <sighs> so the AI scanned the city, linked up with Wolsey and we discover a couple others, mm-hmm. to study them and eventually try to nudge them to help them complete the carrier's mission and Wolsey's like well I feel a bit manipulated yep no well yes but no she emphasizes that they had to she had no clue if she could trust anyone here yeah you kind of have to go hard because you can't half ass a hallucination like this no and they had no clue if they could trust Woolsey, no clue if they could trust these people. They couldn't risk being open from the start because this carrier is the last hope of the Sakari people. Yeah. And back with John, this is where it gets real deep. This is, <laughs> this is where we go Yikes. into some corners of John's brain that I don't think John wants to go into. The AI knew John was a soldier. Uh-huh. And as a soldier, saw him as a threat. 
And so they had to distract him. So they made it seem that the jumpers, just the jumper being sabotaged wouldn't work because they can't sustain the illusion for long enough. So they had to distract. So all of this, Kolya, the torture, all of this was John's own mind driving things. The AI just played the fuck along. Yep. Yeah. You did this. John's like, really? You mean I tortured myself? They're like, yeah. Yeah. You torture yourself every day. This is... Why do you... You live like this? That was basically what uh-huh. the AI said. In this case, it was your mind manifesting your darkest fears. You were the architect of your own self-deception. Oh, This is fine. Let's just it's never fine. think about that again. <laughs> That's fine. I feel like I'm in therapy right now. Well, John needs some. John needs John needs someone to talk some shit out with. Yeah, this self-sabotage, I've been there, John. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. It's not great. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, we have talked before about how John is that, like, very lighthearted, sarcastic exterior. There's a lot going on Protecting in there. hardcore. Yep. This is it's fine. It's fine. It's okay, fine. Bye. And Vanessa tells Woolsey that he, you look, you now know the truth. And you now have a choice to make. We again see, I love this, we see Parrish and Hot Scientist. They're fine. Parrish is a little flustered. They're mm-hmm. like, we didn't know where you were returning. We didn't know you were. You kind of just you be gone. fucked off and we didn't know what happened. John just cuts him off going, shut up, get in the jumper. Nobody talk to me. I have no time for this shit. <laughs> yep. Shut up, get in the jumper, sit there, don't say a word. Yeah. Don't make me turn this jumper around. <laughs> In Jaws quarters, she is filling out Woolsey's review when Amelia radios that she has a transmission from Earth to patch through. And it gets patched directly to her laptop. Mm. He's calling to let her know with very little emotion or care that while she couldn't, well, she would be a worthy candidate to replace Woolsey, the rest of the council doesn't agree. Mm. And they're going to go with James Coolidge instead. No. Don't worry. You'll still get rewarded for kicking Woolsey out. She is getting Iowa's new environmental initiative. I don't know about any of that. Well, that's the job that Woolsey was yeah, just yeah, offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, this is the guy who wants Woolsey out for some reason. Yeah. We don't really know why. Um, Ja doesn't respond verbally, just hangs up by slamming closed her laptop. And by the way, we have met James Coolidge before, if you don't remember. So the name sounded familiar, and yep. I just wasn't sure if it was like an old president's name, and I just He forgot. was the asshat who interviewed Taylor and Ronan. Oh, yeah. And wanted to blow up the Ew. SGC. No, thanks. Yeah, that's, that's, that's who also wants to command Atlantis. So we're about to dial Earth again. Remember, we can dial Earth to return, but the ship has to come to Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Earth can't dial us. Um, Zhao is leaving. Woolsey figures that he will be following pretty shortly afterwards. And she's like, oh, no, no, you're not going anywhere. Hmm. I gave you a glowing review <laughs> because I got to decide shit. And you are now the permanent commander of Atlantis. Yay, we won one over. Woolsey has like whiplash. Yeah, I would have too. <laughs> Been fighting this woman all day. And she's like, yeah, because I'm no one's puppet and they should have thought of that before delivering yesterday's update. And it's like, good luck. And then walks back to the SGC through the yeah, gate. Makes sense. 
And he is real confused and is like, Amelia, do you know what the fuck she's talking about? Like yesterday's update. And she's like, oh, no, they haven't. We haven't dialed Earth in like days. There's been no update from Earth. Yeah. And he sees Vanessa standing in the corner. (laughs) Get out, Vanessa. (laughs) Once he's alone, he figures that the update was from the AI. And yes, consider it a going away present. The entire update was fake and in her head. Oh, dun, dun, dun. I didn't know that when I watched it. And then right now I was like, I don't remember. (laughs) I don't know if you guys noticed I got real quiet for a minute. Can you imagine like the whammy that she's going to get when she gets home? She's going to (laughs) suck. She's going to be real pissed. She's going to be so mad. Yeah, I'd be real pissed. And like, she doesn't know. About the hallucination parts. No. So she's going to have no clue. She's like, you called me and told me this. And he's like, no, I didn't. So she is. Is she just going to sit there and think that the other guy is lying to her face? Basically, because (laughs) she's made the choice that Woolsey is better than this other guy. So that's not going to be where her anger will be. (laughs) But she's going to fucking be pissed. She's going to talk to her therapist about Woolsey's this. Gonna, Woolsey thinks the yeah. AI. And that's when John McKay wheeled the alien laptop in. Yes, John can see Vanessa. Uh-huh. Not sure if that's a wince or a nod that he yeah. gives them. Woolsey asks, you know, what's going to happen when you reach your final destination? And, yeah. and McKay standing right in front of Vanessa <laughs> takes a second to realize that Woolsey's not talking to him. And it's interesting because McKay doesn't see her. Yeah, that part's weird because John can see her. Yes. Interesting. So they start the process. They're going to start the process to kickstart life and then go to sleep until the civilization needs them again. It's nap time now. McKay is clearly feeling left out. He's the only one here that can see the Vanessa. And like, interesting. Interesting also, like, that they're appearing as Vanessa to John, not as Kolya. Well, I think he had this opportunity, like, Colvia went, hey, the gig is up, there's the ruse, this is what it was. So maybe for that reason. I think that's, I think that's what it comes down to is McKay at this point. McKay still hasn't. He hasn't, doesn't realize. He doesn't realize he's seeing them as well. Yeah. And so I think it's also, they can choose who can see him. It's like a magic 3D eye puzzle. John's seen it. So now the puzzle's like, yeah, yeah, here I am. I ever read myself. Whereas... yeah, Rodney hasn't figured nope. it out yet. He does apologize to John for real sorry. I tortured you and shit. I mean, yeah. that was you, but still sorry. But also, you did it to yourself because that's who you are. So they're going to beam up the alien laptop on the Apollo and take it to its target planet. And McKay, again, just look, I don't want to sound bitter or anything, but like, I put a lot of time and work into making sure that this thing can still do its job. And I just. One little FaceTime with the alien AI is all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be left out. Okay? I just don't want, yeah, I just literally just don't want to be left out. I just have FOMO, guys. <laughs> and as a thank you, the AI reveals itself to McKay and also shows at least all three of them. I don't know if everyone in the gate room, but at least shows the three of them the true form of the Sakari. Which is just sort of like a taller, metallic Asgard. And it shows them all his private spots, too. There's no clothing on that guy. Again, 
it's very presumptuous to assume that they reproduce by sticking a thing in a thing. But it's still private spots. You don't know. That's fair. Maybe they don't, they don't give don't a know. shit. Yeah. They may not have private spots. That's true. We don't know how they reproduce. All through their buttholes. They, <laughs> they, they may could, not even have buttholes. They may not have buttholes. True. Okay. So anyway, they're beamed up to complete their mission. And and uh, I like McKay when seeing this is like neat. And yeah. John is like really neat. Neat's your reaction. It was yeah. really fucking weird. Yeah. Sometime, they are colorful and pretty. They are very pretty. Yeah. Sometime later, all of Atlantis One is sharing a meal. Mm-hmm. And again, Taylor invites Wolsey to sit with them. And he's about to pass on the offer, but yes, actually sits down with them. Yes, time. you need friends, dude. Um, McKay's a little shocked that Wolsey didn't realize it was all hallucination. And he's like, bite me, asshat. Like, it was fucking realistic. You wouldn't have known either. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, eat a dick. He's like, yeah, well, with all due respect, McKay figures they probably knew they couldn't fool him, so it didn't even bother. Oh. And re- John's sure. like, really? Really? You mean that us seeing hallucinations in the morning and then you magically finding the alien laptop in the afternoon is just a coincidence? Hmm. He's like, well, yeah, it it is. Like, I get that it's weird, but, like, my mind's clear. I'm just that cool. I found it because of my brilliant thinking, and as much as I hate to admit it, a little bit of help from Zelenka. And John's mm. like, Zelenka's off-world there, good buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, no, he came back yesterday, right? Did he, though? Well, some of his team, they had reactions to the food, and they came back early, didn't they? <laughs> Zelenka? Zelenka was here? Nah, bro. He's like, son of a bitch. I, I love that. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. This could play one of two ways. At the top of this episode, this could be a bookend to when Ronan showed how gullible Rodney was oh, as yeah. well. 100%. So, yeah, Zelenka could have been back forever. Yeah. Or he could have not. I know. Anything's possible. We don't know. I ship it. I ship it. I'm telling you. That's a, a really good point. I had never considered that they were fucking with him here and Zelenka was real the were? entire time. What if they were? Could be. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even consider that. Uh, Tell us your thoughts. Yes, yes. Do you is, think, I love this episode. Do you think Zelenka was real or Zelenka was also the AI? Ooh. Okay, yeah. I love this. I don't know what to think. I don't know either now. I was convinced <laughs> that Zelenka was fake. I mean, we don't have confirmation from Zelenka. We don't. We have none confirmation. All we have is John being like, Zelenka's been off planet. <laughs> and John could easily be fucking with Rodney. Oh, 100%. And they all would have go, they would all go along yes, with they him would. too. Because they're monsters. They are monsters. And I love it. Now I'm like sitting here and I'm wondering if you people have ever done that shit to me. I don't think we have. I did tell Jesse that I would never do that shit to him because we were having a moment one time and we were being having this really like crazy philosophical. And I was like, what if I'm not real? And he goes, please never do that to me. I might lose my mind. (laughs) I know, but none of you people would be half as worried about doing that shit to me. You'd be like, this will be fun. Yeah. Watch this. I don't think we have. No. I would let you know, probably. After the fact. <laughs> yeah. Like a month later. I'm not that good at holding those forever. <sighs> okay, also, can we just, before we leave this episode, because I need to know, I'm sure you've noticed this. Okay. As we're sitting here eating, everyone has, like, a salad and a roll and a main course. And 
did you see Ronan? He is just a whole tray of chicken. Yeah. Just a heap of chicken. He's just going at it with his hands. That man's, and I feel like that might have just been Jason Momoa being like, yeah. protein. I need to take in 3,000 calories of like, protein today. It was like two rotisserie chickens. Yeah. A man after my own heart. I can, go, I can get down with chicken. a rotisserie chicken. I love it. Just straight up, hands gooey. Don't have him touch anything. Just no. Just keep chicken. going. Just keep going. This is a great episode. I love it so much. It was such a great episode. And the next episode, I am so fucking excited. I'm ready. For. What's it called? Um, it is called Brainstorm. Oh. And uh, it is not so secretly for those of you who know the episode already. You will know exactly why I fucking love this episode. It is no mystery. I am very easy to please. Okay. <laughs> Let's go watch Brainstorm. Yeah. Uh, until then, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Terror Podcast. Uh, no place like Facebook. At no, no place. <laughs> I already did this in all the episodes, and I'm thrown. Face Facebook. No place like Terra. You email. Can, you can email us at there's no place like Terra gmail.com. Patreon.com slash like us, rate us, review us. We love you. Okay, let's go. You know where. You know where. You we're know not even where. Here. Okay, bye. Not new with this. <laughs> <laughs>